today the sun has just gone down here in east galway and um i'm loving how the air is beginning to change you know that smell like it's the promise of summer on the way and uh, certainly on social media i can see all of my friends not all of them but a lot of them saying like you know yay bit of sun it's amazing just that that little bit of sun and we all can smile or breathe a bit easier you know um what's been going on this week well i'm really disappointed because fontaine's dc didn't take home the grammy and uh, the strokes did and i just don't think the strokes should have won that and that is all i have to say about that <laughs> but the good news is that i know fontaine's dc i think have just finished recording their third album so that's brilliant um there's more great news as well kellyanne byrne she's my friend and she's my friend <laughs> i um i think kellyanne is just one of the greatest djs if you haven't seen her play she is phenomenal but yes she is on the face radio which is going out of brooklyn in new york and she's beaming across from her apartment in dublin to brooklyn and beaming all across the world her show is on fridays from six o'clock to eight o'clock and it's worth checking out even if you have never heard of any of the music she plays she is amazing and you will just she just brings the joy that's all i'll say about that so that's really good news for um for the radio waves i think so what's coming up on the podcast well this is <laughs> i think you'd hear my voice and like well this is a big one <laughs> i am um, look i've roisin murphy on the podcast roisin murphy who i'm a big fan of and uh roisin who's just sound uh she's cool um we managed to connect from ibiza to uh, where i am in east galway you can hear our chat in a little while I, I really am trying to maintain a degree of confidence and professionalism, but uh, to be honest, I'm a bit like an Egypt with it. Uh, I'm um, just delighted that Roshan took the time to talk to me and uh, I'm delighted that you're going to get to hear from her. Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, I feature music throughout the podcast, but it's not a radio show, so I don't play the tracks in full. I mix them into bite-sized mixes. Um, so you'll hear a few different mixes of tracks. And what I do is I obviously announce what the songs are, but there's a full uh, playlist of the show up on Spotify at Kate Brennan Harding um, but if you do follow me on Spotify and if you do follow the artists I'd also ask if you find something you really like please support the artists please buy their music because everybody needs the money to go around we all need to spread a little love um, if you'd like to get in touch you can email me katebrennanharding at gmail.com I'm on Twitter as well katebhdj okay let's get started my first mix features Elliot Moe, who have been banging on about for ages, Reva Star, and I'm going to start with this brand new kind of feel good track from Uncle. This is If We Don't Make It.
podcast over the last six weeks will have heard me bang on about that fella that's Elliot Moe and his track Oceans I've played a number of his tracks now over the last couple of weeks he's great before that it was Reva Star If I Could Only Be Sure and it's a Danny Crivet uh, edit um, it's got really kind of cool summer vibes I just I just want to I'm going to take my decks out and I'm going to make a mix I keep telling myself that every week but I'm going to do it because there's so much music that I just want to get practicing and playing again on um, to start that trio though there was a brand new track from Uncle and I loved it um, Ronan uh, is the mixtape that's coming out on the 26th of March and it features Michael Kimanukic and George Harrison's son Danny so I definitely will be featuring I'd imagine more tracks from that as it comes out okay it's the piggy I thought do you know what there's no point really in going straight into the Roisin interview because there might be people listening to the podcast and I hope there's people listening to the podcast who wouldn't necessarily know too much about Roisin Murphy. So I thought for the next little while I would just give a very brief, you know, history of Roisin Murphy according to me. Um, So here we go. Going to let you know that you're listening to the Cape Brennan Harding Music Podcast and I don't know why suddenly she is speaking like she's from 1942. But let's just go with it, hey? I wanna go deeper. Never been too keen at time keeper. Show me your tricks, you get me on the beeper. I'm a pure new pleasure seeker. No 
show like a Roisin show, trust me. Uh, those of us for many years have loved her and loved that it almost felt like she kind of belonged to us. Like we we're all part of a secret club. And uh, although it might be nice for me and like thousands of other people who would follow her across Europe religiously, I uh, went to yeah Amsterdam to see her the day after the marriage referendum passed. And there was all of us, a gang of us going. And we had to get on, uh, we had to vote in the morning at seven o'clock in the morning or whatever time the polling stations opened and uh, get in to the airport and fly to Amsterdam. And uh, I'll just say that that weekend was pretty insane. Something else to be watching. We all sat up in pubs watching um, Ireland vote yes to the marriage referendum and every single one of us was gay on that holiday. And it meant to the world and Roisin is uh, <laughs> being part of Roisin's army, as I call it, traveling over there. It was um, it was a gorgeous experience. But yeah, so like there's loads and loads and loads of us that have known about her for ages. A lot of us on the queer scene and more so now, I think she is coming to prominence, um, not necessarily in the mainstream, but people are beginning to see and hear and understand who she is. I kind of I just have this little bugbear. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel that as Irish people, we there's this kind of I suppose it's called a spade a spade it's misogyny because I think if Roisin was a bloke and she had done the stuff that she has been doing uh, I think she would be much more celebrated than she has been but I'm really glad because I think right now she's getting the recognition and that she deserves um, so where does it start? well where does Roisin's story start? Um, she was born in Arklow in County Wicklow and she grew up with her parents who were antique dealers uh, they were really quite eclectic um, always wheeling and dealing and um, do you know what I was in London a few years ago recording I used to be a producer for the Paul McLoon show and uh, we were recording over in the K West Hotel in Shepherd's Bush and I was very very hungover um, but when we were recording um, Rojim was talking about Arklow and growing up there and the parties and she described the parties like she said it was like a four day week um, it was really glamorous and full of cracks so like I can just imagine that because I'm a bit younger than Roisin but I remember my parents having loads of parties in the early 80s like I remember being down crawling uh, through feet um, trying to find my mum and I could tell who my mum was by her gold uh, strappy peep toe shoes she was very glamorous too so um, yeah here's to kids in Ireland being brought up with uh, four day weekends and partying parents you know so from Arklow she moved her parents moved to Manchester when she was 12 and I can't help but think like you know she was just surrounded by the Manchester scene like the Smiths the Stone Roses New Order just insane like um, and like, it just must have been really really exciting but her parents decided to move back to Ireland I think Roisin was only 15 or 16 and she wanted to stay because obviously she was a teenager she'd established herself in Manchester with her friends hot vibrant scene um, she wanted to pursue a career in visual art uh, fashion and photography which in essence she has but she was really shy about her singing voice which is kind of mad but I can understand that you know people don't even realise what they have under the hood so to speak so she never intended a career in music um, at 19 she moved to Sheffield and uh, there's a massive nightlife scene there and sure look she keeps returning back to Sheffield to work with producers that she would have met when she was younger and is now pals with you know like Roshi Machine is produced by Crooked Man who's Parrot and he's a Sheffield based guy and you'll hear in the interview Roshin does a wonderful impression of him <laughs> and it's great crack to listen to her uh, talk about him and how, how he um he seems to be the guy who, who takes away all the clutter in the music but um yeah, he's also a really cool DJ. If you know any of his other mixes, he, re he remixed something 
by Baxter Jury about two years ago. Oh, Miami, that's what it was. And it was brilliant. Anyway, back to Roisin. Um, So then what happened then? So she was in Sheffield and she was at a party and she was chatting this fella up called Mark Bryden and he and her got together and they created a band called Maloko. And if anyone hasn't heard of Maloko, they were a duo who had a number of albums out and their hits were these. Sing it back and the time is now. Like they had an awful lot more tracks than that. I mean, Forevermore is one of my favorite tracks. Pure Pleasure Seeker. There's so much. They're back. Rogine's back catalogue and Maloko's back catalogue is huge. But anyway, Mark and Rogine broke up and so did Maloko. And uh, well, that just led the way for Rogine to go solo. So it was 2005 and she teamed up with Matthew Herbert, who is kind of jazz fusion based producer. Um, I'm pretty sure that Roisin's fans who were expecting something more maybe dancey um, kind of Maloko style were expecting something like that from Ruby Blue but it was not like that it was quite experimental um, to me it really stands the test of time I think if she released it now it would be huge uh, not huge in the commercial sense huge in, in, in people understanding the art that she was creating um, it's got experimental sounds it's kind of circus like characters um, and I think Roisin kind of I think she gathered a bit more confidence about her vocals uh, for that album I mean she's been singing for ages but to me you can hear a difference in her vocals in it here's um, a little piece from Ramalama Bang Bang which I love when she plays live taking a picture of taking a picture of me taking a picture proper <laughs> rama lama bang bang oh i love when you hear doom 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 if you're at one of her gigs um i think it just starts giving everyone the excuse to really let go of your shackles of what is expected of you when you're dancing and just get completely in it with her you know it's cool um so then what happened well in 2007 she released her second studio album overpowered uh i think overpowered was really probably her most commercial and has been her most commercial to date. Um, it's kind of commercial dance pop and people would know a lot of tracks from it. Um, I'm going to play a few uh, tracks in a minute. But um, yeah, like that kind of section of her life, I would sort of mark as that that's one part. And then there's a big break because she went off and fell in love and had babies. And now she also sang, sang vocals on lots of different dance tracks and including like she released um, an Italian uh, EP, which I love called In Synthesy. Um, and I'll post that as well with the podcast a link to that too but uh, I'm going to go straight into this trio of tracks and then she will get started with the interview so I hope you kind of get a flavour and feel for and understand for why I love Roisin so much but also who she is and why I think she's great Tell everybody, I'm your lady. Tell everybody, it's not a 
Plaything, released in 2018. Jesus Christ, like, I feel like 2018 was a year ago. Um, I'm just, like, I definitely think I'm in suspended animation and it's just messing with my head. Like, when I say last year, I mean 2019. And, yeah, I don't know. I can't cope with that <laughs> right now. Plaything always reminds me of playing... I had a residency with Sally Cinnamon and Claire Beck in Lost Lane in Dublin. And that song reminds me of playing Pride there in Lost Lane in Dublin um, yeah just happy memories um, before that I chose my favourite track from 2015's Hairless Toys which was Roisin's Mercury nominated album that she produced and recorded with her pal Eddie Stevens um, that track is called Gone Fishing and I believe it was inspired by the movie Paris is Burning the documentary um, it's a really good documentary I must watch it again I haven't seen it in a long time but yeah and I began that trio with Tell Everybody which there's a track from her album Overpowered and Overpowered is one of those albums for me. Like there's so many albums. People have your favourite albums, your favourite songs, but I think there's always a song or two on the album that you just are like, yeah, it's not really doing it for me and all the rest are. Well, Tell Everybody was one of those songs when it first came out. I was like, yeah, OK, I, I could skip. I'd skip past it. But now it's one of my favourite songs on the album. And I love that about music. I love that about how you hear something differently. You could have heard it a hundred times and suddenly when you hear it differently, you you access it differently. And I found Roisin's music has done that to me for years. It's worth always going back and listening to albums you haven't heard in a long time, you know. Um, OK, nearly time to start the interview proper. I hope you enjoy the chat. Um, there's a tiny bit of interference on the line. It's minimal, but um, there is a little bit of it uh, and then it works itself out. You know, gremlins in the in the internet uh, from Ibiza to East Galway. Um, I'll talk to you after the interview. So um, you're listening to the Kate Brennan Harding Music Podcast. <laughs>
be here. <laughs> How is Ibiza treating you? How is, I mean, like it's, we're all living in this surreal parallel world that sometimes doesn't feel like it's, like we're actually awake. How is it for you? Well, we have been lucky to land here. We got here in December to spend some time at Christmas here and just stayed because there was no point going back. The kids weren't going to school and stuff. Yeah. And so it's been really nice. I've been meditating, would you believe? Kate? Wow. Wow. How's I, that been? It's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Um, I'm not saying I've got anywhere with it yet. I'm only doing it a couple of weeks. Um, but it's, I can't find my head. Where's my head? I've no head. <laughs> That's the main lesson. There's nothing else to do when you're in a dream, but go further in, honestly, and just explore it. And uh, life has been a bit like a dream, yeah. And I guess being here in Ibiza even more so, I often, I'm reading um, J.G. Ballard at the moment as well. Mm -hmm. And it's chimed so much, you know. It's a kind of an unreal reality anyway here. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It seems like a lot of my friends have run to here. So there's a lot of my sort of tribe here. Mm. And it's funny that we've kind of landed here at this time. Um, but we're not seeing each other. We're, we really are, had been in bubbles. Um, yeah. And there's been no restaurants open. There's been the same as anywhere else. Uh, but now they've just started opening the terraces and uh, see a few more faces and people and that. I miss me mother and father. A lot, a very, very much. You know, I really, I wake up in the morning and they're they're there in my head, and um, it's it's longer than I've. It's it's June. June was the last time I was there in Ireland, and uh, it's just a long time when your parents are elderly. You know, mm. you messaged or you tweeted saying your mammy had listened to me on the on the radio, <laughs> and she was you know me talking about you on the radio, and she was real you know she was pleased, so I got the mammy seal of approval. But she must be you know for you missing them when they're you're, you're far away, but for them like is technology easy enough for them to see you at least, or you know are you just on the phone? Well, my ma's fairly proficient in accessing the uh, the content online, you know. My dad hasn't a clue. And uh, so I have to kind of wait for people to come into the... His care, he has a carer that goes in every day. Um, and she, if there's stuff, she'll get it for him and show it to him and that. But um, they're doing okay. I mean, such would we've been lucky. My dad had COVID at Christmas. Oh, wow. Uh, around that and uh, we were all sort of worried obviously very worried so mm. Touchwood that was good he, he he pulled through that and um, yeah as I said they're, 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 they're kind of things that I'm I'm also thinking a lot about work I'm thinking about how it's not that I don't want to continue to work uh, hard mm. I just don't want to be so invested in it in every single way I don't want it to control me you know I think I've had time to step away from it and say well sometimes you know my career really grabs me by the balls you know and has me and um, and, and I don't want to be controlled by it I want to control it or not control it but just I want it just to continue to be an exploring and going places that I haven't been before and with my creativity but I need to put it in its place emotionally I really yeah like that's that's really kind of amazing to hear like I mean you know even the album is Roisin Machine 
and it's like are you sucked into because I'm like I'm kind of fascinated by how it seems from the outside looking from somebody who consumes your music it seems like you have just been on this massive release creative flow creative flow looking for the next person to work with you know I kind of I love that you're always kind of moving and 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 like you're working with DJ Cozy now I think coming up weren't you um but Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to hear like you've always sounded and always expressed as someone who has so much integrity in your creative process. And then it's like, it's interesting to hear you say that it's like, you're kind of consumed by it sometimes then. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, that there is no message in it when I break it down. So what, what, what am I trying to push, push forward? What am I, it shouldn't, it shouldn't become so strong that it overpowers the rest of my calmness and my nerves and my life and my family and my everything, you know. So, yeah, but maybe that's just growing up a little bit too and getting a bit older and I don't know if they'll make, if this thinking like this will make me slow down. It might, it might. Yeah, I think, I think the pandemic and the fact that people have had to sit with themselves, like you're talking about meditating, but sitting with yourself and really realizing, taking apart the stuff that's unnecessary has been a huge thing for a lot of people, a creative and and friends of mine as well, you know? And then it's like, when it starts up again, there's an element of fear for me where I'm like, am I just going to go absolutely fucking mental? (laughs) Or am I going to remember that I want to have a balance, that I didn't have a balance? I was consumed by the machine of the media, do you know? By always having to prove myself and not being enough. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I often wax lyrical about, you know, being on the brink of failure and uh, how, how that's so, uh, can be so productive, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if I'm just telling lies to myself. The thing is, you know, you sit with yourself for a bit and you realize that you're just a sort of, if, if you're not careful, you just become like a collection of memes to yourself <laughs> and to everybody else. And especially when you're in my position where you're kind of like a little bit out in the public mm. eye, really just sort of start going backwards and forwards, but reflecting on itself and you just become this sort of selection of ideas that other people think of and that you sort of soak up and reflect back. And it's not really who you are. Yeah. It's very, it can be, um, it was interesting to, to, to have time to think that Big things. Big yes, things. Come things. <laughs> <laughs> here. Um, think, speaking of big things, I uh, loved what you did for you recorded for the Choice Music Prize, which you now released three uh, up on your YouTube channel. Where did the tractor come from? It's brilliant. Well, the tractor's around. I mean. <laughs> but for you, for your, for your, you know, what made you look at the tractor and go, I'm going to get on that. I'm going to go and be brought in and then I'm going to perform beside the tree. I mean, the guy who lives next door, who looks like Iggy Pop is a is a farmer. Yeah, and he looks after some of the land here for us. So he was here with the tractor anyway, and I said, "Jesus, I'll just hop on." <laughs> <laughs> I no love better it. woman. 
exactly <laughs> and the pitchfork and everything I love that uh, that tone back thing like you know you're saying there about you know finding space for yourself but like you've been you know when you were in London and now where you are in Ibiza you've been still creating still putting stuff out there you know slow down versions acoustic versions of tracks and has that kept you um somewhat you know like if you're finding a balance you can't go completely away from creativity so has that kind of kept you sparked in fun with with making those videos well uh, yeah and I've done a bit of writing while I was here as well uh and the freedom now of this thing with the having the access to the music software for me is something especially now I've been doing it a couple of years and I'm quite quick on it you know so it's like I can sort of make songs remotely from people that are pretty pretty good you know vocal recordings and stuff you're working with DJ Cozy now and I heard you talking on a podcast recently about how you returned back to you know you sort of came full circle and returned back to more dance more disco and DJ Cozy would be known you know fairly you know in Ireland anyway for a lot more kind of the the softer disco side of things as well as the techno-ish side of things so it's I guess you know it's the momentum that you have. So far it's totally unique to anything either of us have ever done I don't think it's like stuff that he usually does. Uh, it's not um, like stuff I usually do. And that's all I can say about it. But um, the creativity, it can come from anywhere. You know, the other day I was writing um, a song and it starts in The Wizard of Oz and she's fallen through. She's in a house that then becomes a tornado then she falls into like a J.G. Ballard story where all the houses are psychotropic, which means uh, this place where these houses take on the emotions and things that happen inside them. They're like AI, basically, the houses. And this house she falls into is like got a hardship, swimming pool, it's really romantic. She's sort of trapped in um, in a, the, f- the first night of the honeymoon over and over again. And, uh, and the house, these houses change shape in the J.G. Ballard. You know, they, they're made out of this stuff called plastics, kind of chains. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> I've been going deep, <laughs> going expansive here. <laughs> I love it. I kind of, I'm like. <laughs> and actually all this happens and that, you know, she's like calling him, please, I can't, I can't get out of the house. The house has locked me in, you know, who's turned that radio on? <laughs> why am i homeschooling on my honeymoon (laughs) you know there's all sorts of things going in at the same time so it is a good time for creativity i think it's going to be a good time across the board oh yeah a lot of things that people have loved like music or jg ballard or whatever seem to chime in a very special way at times like these and people have reached for art and for music in a way like to show us really what it's for it's for it's there for you like a friend you know Mm. when the times are bad completely there's this chiming going on with things with jg ballard like he was right about everything you know what i mean and uh, (laughs) (laughs) things like that just keep happening ah yeah you know even that's what this music's for that's what this is you know uh, deciding what what track to go with first as a sort of lead into Parrot's remix of Roisin Machine. Mm. 
Crooked Machine. Crooked Machine. It's a remix. So, you know, trying to decide what record, to, what track to go with. And, you know, the one of them was, you know, a bit bouncier and everything. And just people are starting to like talk about that clubs will be open and everything. And so the A&R was, it's a bit bouncier and it's a, things are looking up and all this. And it's a, I said, yeah, but it's bouncing, it's grand and everything. I said, but, and it's brilliant. Of course, it's brilliant. But the other one, when I listen to that, I feel like I'm standing in a waterfall and like I'm washed clean afterwards. Do you know what I mean? So like somehow I wouldn't have felt so strongly about anything two years ago than to mm. know really in my heart, like, I know that's the, that's the leaves want to go from here because it doesn't really matter what's going on. All we really want to do is feel like we need to feel. So we've got to put out the strongest feeling that we possibly can. Absolutely. So you're kind of going to soundtrack the pandemic, the lockdown, and then with Crooked Machine, you're going to soundtrack the release, the cathartic kind of freedom, that feeling, you know. I think some of those songs yeah. are already coming out. I don't know, have you heard um, Fred again, We've Lost Dancing with um, the Blessed Madonna vocals? Have you heard that recently? No. Oh, it's, it's really like, it's one of my favorite tracks at the moment, but it's just her, she's just recorded, you know, We've Lost Dancing, and uh, she's talks about all the stuff we've lost and then at the end she goes if we can get through this everything will be and then marvelous and it's like that it's already started that kind of producers seem to be Mm. making something a little bit more euphoric and you know Mm. kind of not yeah more reflective of where we're going you know we can see the end point we're going to get through this so here's some music to help you keep on going you know um and it is it's that feeling of it yeah i agree but also i do think I'm not ready to uh, put out like 125 BPM, you know, let's all fucking have it off, let's all get it tops off. You know, I'm not ready. I don't feel ready. I don't feel, that's not what I need. At the moment, I need to stand a waterfall to be washed clean, literally. But I agree, like that, the the song I'm telling you about is actually, it is, it's cathartic in that really, oh, you've just, you you know, someone's just put their hands on your shoulders and your back standing on the earth type of thing. Do you know, um, and I like, you know, we talk about club culture. Club culture is incredibly important to my heart, not for the drinking and booze and although that's fine, but it's it's the connections with people and, you know, that thing of where you go, you know, you're in some tiny club and you smile at everyone around you. You mightn't even know them, but you know, you're going to be friends that night. And it's like that's that's what's you know important to me. But like, I don't think I'm going to feel comfortable going into a room with a couple of hundred people just yet. Do you know, I want to have an experience with my friends and that's kind of about it right now, you know? That's really all I feel I need to, to begin with is like six people and uh, really good music and then just build it from there. Uh, the problem with dance music is the more people you have in the room anyway, the more flattened the kind of music choice becomes. So we have to discover the paths again in a way where they start and where and then follow the path and where it goes where it leads not just jump back in in the you know 2000 people i get it the game
Um, I wanted to ask you about, I loved your work for Mixcloud when you did the live event for Mixcloud Thank last you. November. Um, and it became a, it became, I know this was for every, for so many people, but like my friends, some of them live on a little boat. So, you know, they live all around Ireland and we, we've all been allergic to connecting online as in we've all just gone into our hibernation and we all came out of hibernation and just looked at each other dancing on a screen while watching you and then we're texting each other, you know? Um, and it was, it was gorgeous. It was just that small reconnection, but I loved how you used a warehouse where all the gear to create um, stages and live music mm. and you, you know, you deliberately went and used that warehouse so that it was an honoring of, you know, all the people that work behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was its dormancy that had a poignancy. Um, the fact that there was so much going on there, usually things coming and going, uh, stages being built all over the place. And also they have this team that, there that shoot um, live music. So they have all the cameras and they have a team of cinematographers and, you know, um, vision mixers and all that. People are usually out on the road at them big festivals, you know, rec- doing, the, doing your television feeds and so on. And, um, yeah, so, so they were all... What happened was a vibe when we recorded in there and asking them to help was just that we'd walked into a situation, luckily enough, where everybody was mad keen to help, you know, because it was all done on a bit of a shoestring, mm. considering, you know, to, in order to, for me to rehearse my band and to do programming and stuff like that, it cost thousands and thousands. You yeah. Know? It's not like you just switching on a tape and then I'm singing the song I know really well. <laughs> it's different and it's very, very much a big input to that. Um, so before we started anything, making anything visual, go kind of in a hole. But, you know, I think uh, Mixcloud might have just about hit even on it. Mm. I know we didn't want to make any money, but we didn't uh, lose any. And it was a privilege to direct, um, like, a long-form live music film. And I went for it as much as I could in the restrictions that I had and a few setups and big crane and um, and then at the end they leave and we go acoustic mm. at the end and walk through the space and leave the space and put as much narrative as I could into it. Um, what was that like though? Because I, I mean, wonder- you've been directing and you say you want to get really, you know, you're getting more and more into the visual side of things, not just with your own work, you know, um, visual, creative, film, like, what was that like for you, though, also performing at the same time as directing it and creating it? It's, it's not easy. Because, <laughs> you know, it's very hard to be singing and not thinking about, you know, next week's edit. Oh, that wasn't good. I'd be able to, you know, cut to this or mm. to avoid that. Um, so there's all these different places in your head going on at the same time. But we, we managed it. I mean, my, it's... I have this guy, Eddie Stevens, you know him. He's the keyboard player. He's my musical director. He made a couple of albums with him as well. And um, at the beginning, I was trying to get everybody to redo everything all the time. I'd do it and I'd go, now we have to do it again. And at a certain point, he'd be like, it's not going to happen like this, Roshan. He took me to one side. So at the end of the day, the most important direction 
the most important direction was given by Eddie Stevens and it was given to me, it was just like, cop on. This is live music, let us play the set and film it, don't stop, just go. If you make a mistake, it's a live gig, yeah. So that shut me up, kept from stopping everyone every, you know, every three songs. I have to do that again. Couldn't do it. It wouldn't have been easy. It's like, you won't be able to do it in this time. You will not. Wake up. So that was good. That's good. <laughs> so I, I always need him at the end of the day. Behind every great woman. Exactly. I suppose that brings me on to, you know, the producers that you've worked with. Um, I kind of always see it as this... Uh, symbiotic relationship that you must it's like mining yourself when you start working with a new person you know you get to mine a different part of yourself that you didn't have before yes that's so true it really is a they they all want something a different version of me I think they're different producers they all have a different sort of projection of what I'm going to sound like intertwined with their music it never works that, that way <laughs> You know, I, um, you go into the project and you project what it's going to be. You can barely, you can't even anyway, because you can't hear something that doesn't exist yet. But, um, but that's okay. You know, you get somewhere close in an approximation with the other things thrown in that you didn't expect. Mm. And, um, and that's what makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. But you never give them actually what they wanted in the first place. And they never give me actually what. I thought I wanted in the first place. Yeah, that's kind of that. Like, it makes sense because you can go together and partner up with somebody, and then be like, "Oh, we are totally doing something different." Yeah, it's cool. Yes, yeah, it's cool. Absolutely, yeah. Especially over long periods. I mean, oh, having said that, it's completely different with Parrot. There was this real um, focus with the Roisin machine stuff. Parrot's very like. Throwing away the chaff is what he does, you know. Mm. I'm not doing that, not doing that. Get that musician out of the fucking studio. God, move that out of the way. Fuck, you know, I can't see wood for trees here. It's too much singing. Stop that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's mean like, like that. But it's great, you know, focus, focus. It's got to be like a lean, mean machine, basically, what he does. And, um, yeah, that's not saying that I ever give him exactly what he wants either because, you know, something like Incapable... Mm. He couldn't bring himself to finish, you know, to really do the track, fix up the track and the vocals after I delivered the vocals to him. I did them in London, in a studio in London. Because he was thinking, we're doing house and disco and she's saying she's incapable. That's not right. You can't have someone saying I'm incapable and dance to it. So it took him a minute to get his head around that dissonance. Um, but uh, things like that, or like Kingdom of Ends on there, that's yeah. not. The part that was never that wasn't in the contract. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to throw the odd curveball in, and they obviously throw their curveballs in. And if I working with Matthew Herbert, you know, as the classic example, I know his music sounds completely different to anything else going in there, but I've no idea why or what the focus is. And then you know, it gets you to start bashing things around in the that belong to you. In the and he makes a track out of it in five seconds, the whole thing, like the best rhythm track you've ever heard. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. it's all a, a mad learning per, pro, you know, curve with these people. And I do tend to pick them because they all have really big characters and um, 
I think it could be that uh, it's not just because I sort of have this destiny to make music. It's, it's sort of I have a destiny to run up against people who, who don't yes me. You know, that I, I, I thrive when I have people around me who, um, Push back. who, who critique me and make me look at what I'm doing. Well, that's like essential. It's kind of like this wrangling. Like I always get the, whenever you've spoken about anyone you've worked with, it's like this push-pull, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. the delightful push-pull that you get. You're like, okay, fine, I'll do it. You know, and it, with that, the energy that's created then goes into the music, you know? Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I love that word, wrangling. Oh, me too. It's underused. Wrangling. wrangling. There's an awful lot of it about, especially with children around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm interested to see, are you going to do, do a, a soothing um, children's album at some point? Or a, here's a distraction for your children. I just thought I'd release it. Children <laughs> don't like being soothed. They, they, they like all the excitement. They're like hyper. They? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, our, our fella here, um, he's a great dancer and um, he's seven. And if I've put on Roshi Machine, he just, his fingers start going and he just looks and he goes, ooh, Roisin. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. Oh yeah, he loves it. Like it's his favorite, favorite album. He picks it out and he's like, I wish mine would. All I get is, I keep trying to tell you, mama, disco's dead. Really? Yeah, that's what I got off Claude recently. <laughs> um, I don't know where she's heard this disco's dead. She's got some kind of, some memes traveled into her head that disco's dead. How dare she? <laughs> yeah, but she has to rebel, doesn't she? You know, she has to do that rebel. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. With Roshi Machine, did you, like it came together after 10 years, but do you think that it was the most perfect time to, like for, for everybody else, for your listeners, I think it was the most perfect time to release it. Do you think that it was sort of some sort of divine inspiration? Oh, go away. <laughs> I'm taking the piss, but you know what I mean? That like... <laughs> Boom, here you go. It just, honest to God, it just happened. It just happened the way it did, you know. And um, if it had, if it, when we'd done Simulation, uh, we continued really frenetically and finished an album in a, in a year, uh, it could be that people wouldn't have been ready for me to drop that, you know. It could have been that maybe people wouldn't have put as much pass on it, I don't know. I put a lot of work in since then. So after putting out Hairless Toys, I've worked solidly and I've toured solidly and I've learned a lot and I've worked with all sorts of people. Um, so when it came to finishing it, um, which we only did last lockdown, really concentrated on the last third to a half of, third of it, third of the record, which, which has given it another little facet of its identity what was done then, things like Mademoiselle, Shellfish, Mademoiselle and um, Kingdom, Kingdom of Ends and so on. Um, there's the shadow of what's going on a little bit. And so it makes it more prescient, the, the record, that it was finished then, that it had the urgency then to finish it. The reason we had the urgency then was because it was signed then. And uh, it was like we have an album to put out through BMG and uh, we've got to do it. Um, yeah, so... So everything for a reason, and, 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 and I think the way that I work now with the Ableton and everything, um, and the way that I work anyway with several, with, with, a, with a sort of a role or continuous line of uh, new collaborators, um, 
it all adds up to something that should really it's, it's made it quite easy for me to be prolific yes We rejoin now. Yes, I'm just sneaking in to let you know. We're rejoining now. Um, we were talking about the fact that Roshim was recently on the Tommy Tiernan show and um, the little bit of interference kind of took over a little bit too much, but I had to include this bit. So hence you're getting my little, excuse me, uh, this is giving you context for what she's about to say. So we we're just having a chat about her being on Tommy Tiernan and it goes from there. Well, I do frighten the life out of these lads, you know, in fairness. I, I I I sort of immediately fell in love with Tommy Tiernan that that when I saw his eyes, I was it's one of them where it's like, oh love at first sight. So I was a bit taken aback. Then I tried to turn it into like chatting him up, but no, yeah. he wasn't having that. No. It stayed very serious. And in the sense that it stayed very serious, it made me feel like when I've done therapy, which is, you know, you're kind of looking at a blank space and um and they don't know you and they don't know anything about you. And you're there like immediately to go, why am I kind of, why am I, when you see me as confident, what are you seeing? Why am I confident? <laughs> from? You know what I mean? Am I really confident? You know what I mean? So, and then all the time I'm thinking, geez, he's gorgeous, isn't he? It's well part of me brain. <laughs> Let's try it on. Let's see what happens. No, he wouldn't no. to me. I know, but that was the thing. It's that questioning yourself. And like, I think it just became some sort of odd staring competition for a minute. It was grand. I'm not very, um, I'm not, I don't do these things. This is not something I'm like, it's a real art form, you know, just to drop in on a bloody TV show and be amazing, you know? Yeah. At least I didn't beat him up like Grace Jones would have. <laughs> but it was like, it was like an immovable object. And, uh, you know, what is that? It's like this magnet kind of, mm, kind of you know, um, and I love the format of that show. Yeah, no, and he's, he's great. You know, I'm not giving out. It was funny. Oh, yeah. And a, and a learning curve. But uh, going back to the original story is, the original question is, yeah. uh, just, wh- where's the drive coming from? Yeah. Like, I'm, try- I'm just trying to work that one out, actually, at the moment, as we started the conversation, you know, going back to the beginning of the conversation. Where's the drive? What's the drive? And don't let the drive take over and... The subtlety of it, the real subtle part and the best part of it is living a life creatively, uh, is is going out into a creative unknown, is being um, an explorer and and an experimenter. And it's 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 very um, entertaining to yourself to to live that way. Mm, Um, So it has to entertain me. It has to stimulate me and. And um, and then I love it. I just love it, you know. And when were the moments, like the thing is, this is, it's all, you know, the drive, but when were the moments that were hard? There's always, lo- there's always moments coming and going where it's hard. There's always moments where coming and going where it's hard. You know, there's moments where even in this sort of lockdown and you're sending songs to people and then they send you back a version and, and you're like, what, eh? Where's my song or, you know, why is it broken it up? Did not hear what I was thinking? I mean, that, that can be very hard. Um, 
but then and also for me to be a negotiator in that sense across across distance even even in a bloody face to face you know you have to be a certain kind of person to understand my way of talking about my songs mm. so so that's that's hard i mean that's the hardest of not knowing the producers really well that you're working with and stuff don't get that with with eddie yeah you know obviously so go in write one kind of song in the morning go to the pub have two pints come back sit down at the piano <laughs> start playing the piano and start singing shite and it turns into a song i mean <laughs> it's lovely you know yeah. so that's different but um yeah, all sorts of hard parts, really hard, like going, I'm giving out now. Just I love what I do, but, you know, the hardest things are like um, TV shows, like where you do performances, like, say, for example, what I did with um, Jules Holland. Yeah. You always come up thinking you're 50%. You've only done 50% of what you can do because mm. it's such a kind of weird, you know, first of all, I'm getting dressed up all day. All day, you know, we're mm. thinking about how we're going to amp this on and stick that there and the hair and this Joe burnt in and things sewn on there and other things stamped onto your very... Yeah, and hope, so, you, uh, hope you don't need uh, to go uh, to the uh, toilet uh, once you're all in. You're strung in. Oh, Jesus, no, you may have opened it all up. I have to go to the toilet and all that. And, um, and so you're all sort of worn out before you even get there to be mm. honest, to sing the song. And then, and then you're nervous because you're going to be on telly and your mammy can see it and you can't separate your brain from that and stuff like that. A bit like I was saying, you know, when I actually, when, you, when I was doing the other thing, I, although I was controlling everything, so it's a bit more, it's a bit easier when I'm in control. <laughs> but when I was doing the live stream, uh, you know, and thinking, oh, that wasn't good but I laid it out, this and that and the other, you know. It's, the best thing about live music and the live gig, yeah, and I really was thinking this this morning because um, I was meditating this morning. Then I went out for a bit of a bit of a walk and I was dancing around and I was thinking, what is this dancing and singing? What, what is this that I'm doing? Like mm. I was trying to sort of turn my attention to what those thoughts are, what, what's it, where I feel it in my body and what it's about when I'm doing it. And then I just thought, this thing I'm trying to do in the meditation, I sometimes get it when it's live music, when it's me and an audience in the band. And um, I, I go, I disappear. Like my, my head, I've no head anymore. And it, I'm, I'm that voice and that music and I'm everybody in the crowd and they're all me and I'm that building and I'm everything I can see and everything I can hear and I'm not controlling any of it except this thing that's sort of flying across it like a bird which is me singing ideally ideally uh, on a good day and um, and it's absolute magic you know and so could be that actually this morning was the day I missed it the most but I missed it in a way of a good way of a, of a positive sort of missing it and knowing that uh, when it comes back I'll appreciate it I really will appreciate it even more yeah I think when you start to miss something in that way and not from the maudlin aspect you're more just appreciative you're like god that's good isn't it yeah yeah um, it's just it's just that just that sort of flow state for me as a performer as well, I'm really missing that, is where you get there. When you get there, and it's not always, 
it's a really special feeling, you know, to be kind of channeling all this information at once without, you know, and you, it's a bit like meditation. Oh God, I'm starting to sound like a boring meditation freak, but you know, it's a bit like, you know, you're observing what you're doing, yeah. but you're not doing it. Yeah. And uh, lovely stuff that, come on, it's better than drugs. Go ahead, love. No, I said, um, I heard you on, I think it's, it's a called Chosen Family podcast and you said you could see yourself returning to live in September. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the UK gigs. Yeah. I think the UK will certainly go ahead. Yeah. And are you um, already putting in place what the live shows, what you visualize them to be? At the moment, we've only got four shows settled. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're a little bit unclear. Mm. So the show will be not much different to the Mixcloud show because it is not worth for four shows to completely change the show upside down i mean it won't yeah. be the same but it you know million miles million miles from it but i think going forward into the next year i definitely gonna bring another person into the band mm. uh so extend it a little bit and um yeah change change a lot about it actually cool uh, yeah because i was thinking the mixed cloud uh, performance must be your blueprint then for the next few gigs when we do get them well it'll be helpful that we did it it would certainly be helpful that we did it and we broke the back of a lot of the um most important songs on the record in terms of bringing them into the set we've got another couple to do what are you going to do and apart from like see you know hug your parents and your family what is the what is the big thing you're going to do when you get back to ireland when you get a chance to come home when I get back to Ireland, mm. I don't know what I'm going to find. Mm. It's going to be, uh, I just, oh, I, I, I don't know, but I do only want to hug me mammy and daddy yeah. and my niece. Uh, and even my brother is bad as he is. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck it, yeah, I love you. <laughs> There's been a lot of that as well for people, hasn't there? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Um, what was I going to say to you? I, I'm just, I'm so glad that you joined me on the podcast. I, last time I saw you was at Homo Block in November 2019. And um, you were brilliant, obviously, on the Saturday night. And there was so many Irish we just, it was like, I, I was writing about that a while back and I likened us to, you know, Jackie's army in 1990, we were bloody Roisin's army going over, do you know? And it was all, <laughs> it was all uh, DJs, all women. Um, there's a gang of us and, you know, we play all the festivals or whatever. And, you know, we all just took a weekend off and went over and just like half of Ireland moved over for that weekend. I love it. I love it. But do you remember the Sunday? Um, when you were supposed to do a set, supposed to do a, a question and answers with Luke and and one deck, do you remember that? Yeah, and it just kicked off immediately into a rave. <laughs> oh, like it was just—I love the way you just looked and you pressed play. Was it Angie Stone? Um, I can't remember what Probably the first track played, but it's just everyone just stood, immediately stood on tables and stood in the windows, and we just did the sesh. <laughs> that was it. That was it for the night then. Oh, it was brilliant. I love Luke so much. That's who I was dancing to, Luke Unabomber on Worldwide FM this morning. Um, I was listening to his last show. I think it's about six hours long. So I've got to go back and listen to the rest of it. But yeah, he's kind of been with me on this holiday. Holiday? What am I calling this? It's not a holiday. Luke's kind of been with me on this lockdown. I've been listening to him a lot 
um, and to get got me through his DJing on on the radio. And yeah, he's brilliant. And his stories, stories, Alfie Oaks and his stories from the north. <laughs> I love I love following him on Instagram as well. Like he's just he's he's. He just keeps it, you know, keeps you smiling. He does. He does. What's wrong with a bit of poetry? What's wrong with doing poetry? There's no wrong with it. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, I um, I think that I'm looking forward to another kind of sesh like that happened, but you can't create them. They just happen themselves. It's just people in a moment. You can't. You can't. No. You can't. It's just that level of magic. Yeah. Okay, Roisin. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Love you, bad Kate. Thanks so much for having me.
the dance floor faster than that track Narcissus um, all three tracks there were taken from Roshi Machine and uh, don't forget the playlist for this show in full is on my Spotify Kate Brennan Hardick but uh, do yourself a favour and go grab some of Roshi's merchandise like sh- <laughs> I'm I'm sitting here recording this in my um, vivid orange hoodie that bears on the front it's got her eyes um, from Roshi Machine um, I'll put a picture of uh, it up on my socials. I can't believe I just said socials. I think I should just not ever say that again and wash my mouth out. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm living in the hoodie and I'm loving her stuff. So go and get some of that. Um, right. Wh- what do I say after that? Uh, there you go. Thanks again, Roisin, for joining me. Um, I very much feel like Roisin is one of those people who uses her success to elevate others. And I feel really um, blessed that I've gotten to spend a bit of time with her over the last couple of years and random things and um, that she agreed to join me on the podcast and I hope you all enjoyed the chat it wasn't heavily focused on the music it was just a chat and that's what I love doing about the podcast I want to just get to know people in the moment um, but yeah thank you so much for listening to that uh, okay so there's a great music doc series changing tack uh, there's a great music doc series on RT1 at the moment it's called My Tribe and if you haven't seen it, it's on Monday nights at half past seven. And the first two are available on the player. They were the indie one and the hip hop one. And the hip hop one was brilliant. They're both brilliant. Don't get me wrong. They're both brilliant. But I am someone that doesn't know enough about hip hop. And it really engaged me. It was brilliant. Uh, and it's not just for nerds. Not just for nerds. Um, OK, so what have I got? I'm going to finish out the show with a few more tracks from new Irish artists, electronic based Irish artists. Uh, this next one is Curlew, but it's spelled K3 or LU. Yes, K3 or LU. I don't know too much about him, apart from he's the brother of a friend of mine. Some people might know or heard of Toby Hatchett. He does um, furniture, but he also does amazing sound systems like his sound system is in the Big Romance in Dublin or in Hangdai. I'm sure there's places outside of Dublin that uh, that have his stuff as well, which I can't think of. So sorry for being Dublin centric because I'm not Dublin centric. Um, people might know Toby as well from uh, him and Jess. They did My House at Body and Soul, which is one of the great spaces to go to for a while. But anyway, look, enough about Toby. Uh, it's his brother that has created this music. Um, this song is called Ridgewood and his brother is Curlew. And I think it's really lovely.
proper micro NV, which is proper spelled normally micro and NV is just the letters N and V. Um, the song is called You Knew Longer Than Me. And uh, I saw on his Twitter, he said, I have about 10 finished tracks and another 15 and I'm still working on various different ways. Um, and he says, the problem is I want to release all of them and put them on a full record. So it's decision time. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing them. Um, yeah, proper cool. I like that. Uh, before that, it was Ridgewood by Curlew. So those are two kind of cool Irish producers. And then, well, I couldn't put together an electronic show without including Elaine May um, and No Forever featuring May Cave. So I'm going to play that in a second. If you're new to this podcast, if this episode is the first one you've listened to, there's a number of, there's a you know, this is episode six in the series. And my first podcast, I talked to Elaine May about uh, the release of No Forever and, you know, her upcoming album. So if you want to go back and have a listen, if you like what you're hearing, uh, you can have a listen to my chat with her there in episode one. But here's No Forever featuring May Kay. A pleasure Just to be with you an expected measure So we can say we saw this through And with all your pressure So we can tell the mirror's true I forgo pleasure For no forever I guess with some kindness and blindness we managed to hold bangers under his belt tops off rave style exactly what Roisin was talking about not doing maybe when we originally return um, that is Uncle Knows with a track called Satisfy and he's from Galway and um, I'm looking forward to, to playing that track when we get back to dancing okay so that's it for the podcast this week um, 
hugest, hugest thanks to all of you for the support and messages that I've been getting over the last while. I've had like really lovely stuff. I've had musicians say that they're feeling reconnected to the scene when listening. And I've had people who don't know much about music say they're enjoying it, which, of course, makes me really happy as I guess I want uh, I want this podcast to be fun and informative and relaxed and just tethered by the music, you know. Um, hi to Tara in Sligo, who said hello. And hi to Nully, who's my childhood friend. And Nully's cousin, Susan, who I believe is listening to me from a hospital bed. I hope you're on the mend. I'm going to close the show out this week with a sneaky Roisin Murphy feature. It's actually Roisin on a Lucasie and Brigante track called Flash of Light. Roisin's fella, um, Seb, he's one half of Lucasie and Brigante, uh, Italian disco merchants. They're brilliant. Um, this is the Solomon remix and it is proper tasty. Proper tasty. I adore it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. music podcast if you'd like to get in touch with me katebrennanharding at gmail.com or twitter katebhdj and if you'd like to follow me on spotify which i would really really like you to do <laughs> um that would be brilliant katebrennanharding the katebrennanharding music podcast on spotify if you could follow it that would be deadly and if you'd share it on your social media platform and tag me in it and say hi i would be thrilled thank you so much bye